I'm on now. There we go. Morning, everyone. Let's start again. All right. So now I'm not going to start a new series. Um, I was just winding Paul up. Um, But uh, yeah, Isn't isn't it precious being together in God's presence and hearing God speak? I love those... Um, those those prophetic words that that Paul and 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 Beth brought because God knows us. God's personal, and He speaks to us personally. And so m- my prayer is that you know as as I preach now, as I share the word of God now, God will continue to speak personally to you. Um, yeah, Lord God, I, I pray for that. I pray, Lord, that each of us here would just sense you speaking to us personally. Thank you that you're a personal God. Thank you that you know us. Lord, would you help us? Lord, help me to, to speak your word faithfully. Help me to speak your words in your power. Lord, and would you do great things amongst us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, yeah, we've been in the book of Acts for quite a while now, and we're in Acts chapter 20 the, this morning. Now, and as we've, been, as we've been looking through the book of Acts, what we've seen is the birth and the spread of the early church. We saw, we've seen how the Holy Spirit came and filled and empowered uh, the, the, the disciples and filled them with boldness, filled them with God's love, filled them with such a sense of purpose to go out, share Jesus, and see his church grow. We've seen them work in boldness, love, and miracles by the enabling of the Holy Spirit. And we've, we've been particularly uh, following the Apostle Paul. By Acts chapter 20, where we are now, he's traveled thousands of miles by foot, by boat, and everywhere he goes, he's encouraging believers. He's looking to strengthen believers in, 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 their, in their faith, encouraging them. And also, everywhere he goes, he's finding people who don't know Jesus yet. And he's sharing Jesus with them. And he's explaining to them why Jesus had to die. And explaining to them that Jesus rose again and what that means to them. And it's, yeah, we, we've, we've, we've seen a, a lot of these things. And in today's passage, there are more of these things. Um, there's more encouragement there's, there's more sharing of Jesus with those who don't know him yet. But what, what I want to do, and I confess, it's, it's because of my own um, limitations. I'm not capable of preaching through the whole of Acts chapter 20 in half an hour or 20 minutes. I'm, I'm not capable, so I'm not even going to try, okay? Um, so, you know, if you're really disappointed that, you know, I leave stuff out like the bit where someone falls asleep and, 
uh, and, and falls out a window and, and then like, God brings them back to life. I'm really sorry. I'd love to preach that a bit as well. I, just, I, just, I know that I, I just won't fit everything in. So we are going to zone in on a few verses that hopefully I will preach in 20 minutes <laughs> and, and, and not a lot longer. Um, and in these verses, we're not just going to see what the Apostle Paul does. We're not just going to see him encouraging and sharing Jesus, looking to strengthen people in their faith. We're going to see some of the absolutely vital values and principles and posture that he holds in his life towards God that enables him to do all these things we've been seeing and to do them effectively in God's power, in God's love, fruitfully, effectively, because these values, these principles, this posture that he holds in his life, it shapes him and it can help shape us as we seek more of God in our lives, as we seek to see more of his kingdom come in Norwich. These, these values, these heart attitudes, this posture, it will help us too. So we're going to look, Acts chapter 20, particularly we're going to focus in verse 17 through to verse 24. If you want to follow along, it says this. From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, You know how I lived the whole time I was with you from the first day I came into the province of Asia. I served the Lord with great humility and with tears, and in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents, you know that I've not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but I've taught you publicly and from house to house. I've declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However... I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. And the first value that we see there is at the start of verse 19, where he said, I served the Lord with great humility. And we're going to see as well, a little bit later on, that he served the Lord with tears and through trials. And we're going to really pick up on the fact that this humility leads to the tears, and they're tears of tenderness, tears of tender care. And to facing great trials with courage. And we need tenderness. We need the love of God 
working within us so that we can love tenderly like God loves us. And we need courage as well. But what I hope we see this morning is that we won't get there and we won't be effective in those things without the humility first. So we're going to just dig into this first. I served the Lord with great humility. And the first thing to really point out there is that he served the Lord, not himself. He built God's kingdom, not his own. And it's, it's so easy for us. We, in, a, in a culture that is constantly telling us, your life is about you. Your life is about your progress, your comfort, your happiness, your agenda, your desires. Build your kingdom for yourself. The Apostle Paul says, I served the Lord with great humility. He served the Lord, not himself. He had laser focus on building God's kingdom rather than securing his own comfort, rather than securing his own prosperity, rather than securing his own pleasures and his own ambitions. He wasn't, he wasn't serving the kingdom of self. He was serving the kingdom of Jesus. But it's only possible to do that if we have great humility. Paul says, I served the Lord. How? With great humility. It's only possible with humility. Andrew Murray, not the Scottish tennis player, the, 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 the great 19th century preacher, <laughs> Um, he, he said this, he said, no tree can grow except on the root from which it sprang. Humility is the root from which our entire spiritual life grows. And I've been thinking about it, and I think he's right. <laughs> if you look through the Gospels, you see it like a heartbeat, like a drumbeat through Jesus' teaching. I, 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 won't, I won't list them all, there's, 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 there's so many, but when he's talking to his, his disciples, when he's talking to sort of the religious leaders of, of the day, it's a message he is constantly, like a drumbeat, over and over again, communicating, saying things like, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, and he's speaking to a culture where children are not idolized, where children are not put on a pedestal. He's speaking to a culture where children actually have a low status in this society. And he says, unless you become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as a little child, they are the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. How do you become great? You become humble. And then you've got the, the parable of the dinner where he's, uh, I love parables involving dinners. Um, it's because I like dinners. But um, 
he, he talks about this, this dinner and loads of people being invited. And he says, you know, if you're invited by someone to a banquet, don't sit in the place of honor because someone more distinguished might come along. You know, you don't know who's been invited by the, by the host. The host may give you a place to another person and then in humiliation, you will proceed and have to take a lower place. But when you're invited, go and sit in the lowest place so that when the one who invited you comes, he will say to you, friend, move higher up. You will then be honored in the presence of other guests. And then he says this, which is repeated so often. For, whoever, for everyone who exalts themselves will be humbled, and the one who humbles themselves will be exalted. And you see that phrase over and over again in, in Scripture. Then you've got the Pharisee who thinks he's brilliant. He thinks he's, you know, he's, he's into comparing himself with other people and sort of thinking, yeah, I'm good. I've got it sorted. I'm better than the other people around here. And uh, Jesus says, says of the, the, the Pharisee, the, this Pharisee was he's a religious leader. Um, and Jesus says, Pharisee was, was standing and praying about himself like this. God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. Whew, glad I'm not like them. Greedy, unrighteous, adulterers. Or even like this tax collector, I fast twice a week, I give a tenth of everything I get. Jesus points out a tax collector standing far off, and in this society, tax collectors were scum. They were the ones that ripped you off. Um, they were the ones that took the tax that they're supposed to take and then take some more for themselves. And they were empowered to do it. They were hated. The tax collector, standing far off, couldn't even raise his eyes to heaven, but kept striking his chest, saying, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus says, I tell you, this tax collector went down to his house justified, rather than the religious leader. Because, why? Because everyone who exalts themselves will be humbled. And the one who humbles themselves will be exalted. There it is again. And if you read the New Testament, who does God give grace to? The humble. The humble. It says in 1 Peter, all of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. Because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Are you getting the picture? There's more. I, I've not, I haven't got time to, to share more, but there's more. I hope you feel the heartbeat, the drumbeat. This is foundational. This is foundational. This is why Andrew Murray's saying Humility is like a root. A tree can only grow on the root from which it sprang, and humility is a root, and from it springs our spiritual life. 
we have no access to the grace of God, the kindness of God, the favor of God without humility. Why? Why is humility so foundational? Why is this such a big deal? Why am I laboring the point? Just for a moment, I need to take you back to the Garden of Eden. Okay, just for a moment. When God created Adam and Eve, I want you to notice something. He made them out of flesh. That means he made them with some weaknesses. He made them with some limitations. He made them with some vulnerabilities. They were touchable, woundable, killable. And when God made them like that, he said it was good. He said it was very good. And you might sit there and think, how can it be good to have weaknesses? How can it be good to have limitations? How can it be good to be vulnerable? See, it wasn't a problem. And it wasn't a problem because they could have accepted their weakness, the weakness of being made in flesh. They could have accepted their vulnerability. And in their weakness and vulnerability, they could have cast themselves, all their trust, in their Father God to meet their every need and to care for them, to take care of them in their weakness so that they would have everything they need and that in their dependence they could have been whole they could have been complete but we know how the story went we know that they wanted more we know that they didn't settle for dependence we know that they went for independence. We know that they chose the path of, of mistrust and self-determination. They chose to go their own way. And we've been making the same mistake ever since. Going our own way. There's that really famous song by... Frank Sinatra, isn't there? My Way. It's, it's the most requested song at funerals in this country. And it's a song that I now forever associate with, with pain and, and brokenness. Um, it, it, was, it was at um, one of my granddad's funerals. He had it. He had it played. And he was someone who, who did things his way. He chose a path of, 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 of independence. And he, he hurt himself and he hurt people. 
he, he was a broken guy, and he lived a broken life. Um, he, and, 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 and yet somehow at his funeral, it was supposed to be something sort of redemptive or, oh, but it's okay, because he did it his way. And I just stood there crying, feeling, I just felt the, tra- the tragedy of it. I was in a room of people, a lot of whom, the, his family, people who I was closest to, and I could just think of all the times and all the ways that he'd hurt them. Humility is accepting our weaknesses. Humility is accepting our limitations. It's accepting our vulnerabilities and freely, gladly entrusting ourselves to God's care. Trusting those weaknesses and vulnerabilities to God. Accepting as a result of that that we're not, we're not better than anyone else in the room. We can never be like that Pharisee going, whew, thank goodness I'm not like anyone else here. I didn't mean to point at you there, mate. <laughs> um, we're not more important than anyone else. We're all limited together. We all need God in the same ways. Guys, is it just as easy as that? If I just tell you, hey, humility is a great thing. It will really help you. You'll have an amazing, dynamic, full spiritual life. You will live close to God. You will be victorious in all things. You just have to accept your weaknesses and be humble. Go. Is, is it as easy as that? No. No. It's not. This would be a rubbish preach if that's what the preach was. All right. It's hard to be humble. It's hard to accept our vulnerabilities. There's two specific ways I'm just going to point out how it's hard. I mean, you know it's hard, but you might recognize yourself in a couple of these um, areas. One, criticism. How are you with criticism? Not very good. <laughs> no. Um, I think none of us are particularly good with, with criticism. I've noticed that few things raise the temperature in the home quicker than a bit of criticism. <laughs> you did what? Why did you do that? Why do it that way? When we feel that we're being criticised, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you, how, how, do, how do you respond? What's the first instinct in that split second where the... the, the stay quiet. <laughs> God, you're a better man than me. <laughs> Often, the first instinct 
it's to hit back, isn't it? I mean, I've, I've made a career from, from being a teacher. And, I, you know, and you see it in the classroom. You know, you say to a child, stop that now. Um, was that you talking? It's not time to talk. What's the first thing? No, 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 them. It was them. It wasn't me. Oh, oh they, did, they were doing something worse, sir. They were doing something worse than me. They, were throw, they, were th- they just threw their ruler. <laughs> it's the first instinct, isn't it? Criticize someone else. Preferably the person who's criticizing you. Well, I'm only talking because your lesson's boring. <laughs> I've heard that one a couple of times. <laughs> If you, if, if you, if, if you, you know, yeah, in, in, in the home, you know, if you, if you, if you feel that, that um, whoever you live with, whether it's your spouse or your housemate or whoever, you know, if you feel they're criticizing you, oh, did you put out the bins? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's something, isn't it? You, we, we, hit, we hit back, it's the, it's the first instinct. Why? Why do we do that? It's because it's really hard to accept our weaknesses. Even if the other person's right, even if the criticism's correct, even if it's justified, it's so hard to hear it. We want to avoid it. We want to hide from it. We want to cover over it. Example number two, loss. We fear loss, and I don't know if it's because I'm preaching on humility, but I just seem to have had a week where I've lost quite a lot of things, which, and it's been quite humbling. Um, I've, I've lost quite a lot of sleep this week. Um, I, uh, I have something called... Um, I think I've said this before, uh, willis Ekbom disease. It sounds fancy, doesn't it? It's restless leg syndrome. It means that when I go to bed, I get this uncontrollable urge in my legs to just <laughs> kick out, like just to move my legs. And it means it takes hours to get to sleep. Uh, it's, I've lost a lot of sleep this week. Um, I have also lost um, the sale of, uh, of my business. I've been trying to sell my business for the last 18 months um, for several reasons. And I'd it had it sort of lined up. I'd had a couple of really promising meetings with someone. And they was, seemed really keen. It looked like it was going to happen, it would have meant a good chunk of money, it would have meant freedom in terms of more freedom in terms of choosing what I was going to do next. Tried not to get my hopes up and think this is definitely happening, but it's sort of hard not to, sort of in your head, you sort of start planning your future, oh, I'll get this chunk of cash and these possibilities, I could do this, oh, I'd love to do that, that'd be really good. And on <clears throat> on Wednesday, I got an email. Not, you know, nothing, you know, nothing sinister, nothing wrong. Just that person's family circumstances just meant that they couldn't go ahead. 
Um, and that was, I found that hard. And why did I find it hard? Because I put my hope in it and making my own plans. I wanted, I wanted my own way. And it was disappointing that my way wasn't God's way. And sometimes it's like that, isn't it? Sometimes God's way is different to what we would choose and what we would want. It's humbling, but it's hard. Uh, other things I've lost this week. <clears throat> I even lost my cool on Friday night when I went up to bed and found that the dog had vomited on the bed. <laughs> um, on my side as well. <laughs> It's hard. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Those restless legs. Yeah. Yeah, but you, you know, you don't, you don't need me to point out things like criticism and loss to realize that, that humility is hard. So, so how, how, how can we, how can we have this? You know, I've already said that Paul, the Apostle Paul served in humility, and from that humility came his tenderness and his courage, his, his, his fruitfulness. How can, we, how can we get there? You know, we see the Apostle Paul saying, I consider my life worth nothing to me. Gosh, that's quite a statement. Well, this is how. It's this special thing. It's called the gospel. What hope do we have in all this? Jesus. Friends, Jesus is your hope. Jesus is your hope for humility. Jesus is your hope for being full of love, full of tender care, full of the life of God, full of courage to face obstacles. I've mentioned a garden, Garden of Eden, where Adam and Eve chose to do it their way. They said, our will, God, not yours. Jesus was in a garden the Garden of Gethsemane. And facing the prospect of death by crucifixion to take away the sins of the world. But he was going to have to die, and he knew it. He said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup. He's talking about cup of suffering. Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet, not my will, but yours be done. And what was the Father's will? The Father's will was that Jesus, the Son, would die on that cross, would pay 
for the sins of the world. And by sins, I mean things that, that we've done wrong, where we've turned away from God, where we've not done things God's way, we've done things, things our way, we've missed the mark. We haven't loved, we've hated, we haven't forgiven, we've got bitter, we've lashed out at others. He died to take away the sins of the world. He died for all the times when we've not been humble. He died for all the times when we've not been tender, when we've not cared. And it's incredible news. It means we're forgiven. It means we're washed clean. It means we're not guilty. We are declared not guilty. But you know what? It means more. It means that this Jesus, who lived in perfect humility, who lived in perfect tenderness, who lived a courageous life, it means we are now, we can be united with him and have his very life, his very spirit alive and active in us. These are some of the things that Jesus said. He said, very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. In other words, I depend on my father. I don't live an independent life. Jesus knew what it was to be dependent, even though he was God. I do nothing on my own, but I speak just what the Father has taught me. Oh, there it is again. I do not accept glory from people. I am not seeking glory for myself. That's the spirit of Jesus speaking. It says in Philippians chapter 2, that Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. This is perfect humility. And it's now at work in you and me. If we have accepted Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior, then this humility is at work in us. It's a new life. It's a new nature, a nature of humility, tenderness, compassion, courage. The reason that pride was so difficult for us is because it was in our nature. And the solution was never going to be for me to tell you, try harder. The solution could only ever be God giving you a new nature. And he's done it. 
He's done it. That's the good news. It's like this. We were in Scotland recently, and there was a, it was a, there was a beautiful day. There was a lock, and we thought it's sunny, it's lovely. Let's go rowing on the lock. And what we didn't realise when we set off was that there was a strong current. And we set off, and immediately the boat started to be taken swiftly in a, in, a, in a direction. And I started to row, and I was thinking, hang on a minute, I'm trying quite hard here, and we're not getting anywhere. And we were drifting, and, and Beth, Beth was saying, do you, do you need me to help? Do you, I, no, no, I'm fine. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't fine. <laughs> we were getting nowhere. And that's what it's like trying to be humble and live close to God and live a life empowered by God. If we're just doing it in our own effort from our old nature, it's like being in a lock on Scotland trying to row against the current. It doesn't work very well. But when you go with the current, you get places fast. Friends, it is by the indwelling of Christ in his divine humility that we become humble. It's by the indwelling of Christ in his tenderness that we become compassionate and tender. It's by the indwelling of Christ in his courage that we become courageous. It is his life in us that gives us hope, gives us power, gives us victory in all these things. The Apostle Paul said, it's Christ in you that is the hope of glory. We rejoice that he died on that cross so that we could be forgiven. And our hope of glory in this, in this life is that he lives in us. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Paul also said, I have been crucified and guys, if you're a Christian, this is true of you. You have been crucified with Christ and you no longer live, but Christ lives in you. Nathan, can you come back up? We're coming into land. I came across a tweet by Tim Keller a couple of days ago. And he said, There is nothing better, nothing more wonderful, joyful, rich, transforming, clarifying, beautiful, or amazing than communion with God. And by communion, he meant friendship. By communion, he meant Spending time with God. With the Father in his love, with the Son in his grace, 
and with the Holy Spirit in his comfort. Don't let anything keep you from this. Nothing is more concretely empowering for facing life. I have pancreatic cancer. Tim Keller, not me. I have pancreatic cancer. That's not the only kind of human trouble, but it's a serious one. And communion with God is what I've needed. There is nothing else like it. Seek it. So I just want to leave you with this. If you want to draw from the root of humility, the very life of God, the very power of God, the very love of God, if you want to see your life with more of God and less of you, if you want to see more fruitfulness, more of his kingdom come, abide in him. Seek that ever deeper friendship. Daily, hourly, minute by minute, in utter dependence. Trusting him with your weaknesses. Your limitations do not limit God. Give them to him. And he will give you everything else that you need going to pray for us. Do you want to stand? Lord Jesus, we glory in you because you died on the cross. You chose it. You said, not my will, but Father, your will be done. And you chose that path of suffering to die on a cross that we could be forgiven everything we've ever done wrong, everything we ever will do wrong. Forgiven and cleansed of every time we've not been humble, every time we've not been loving, every time that we've been cowardly and shied away from doing the right thing. And yet more than that, you've given us a new nature. You've given us a new spirit your life in us. Oh Lord, we ask for more. We give you our limitations. And we thank you that we can because we can trust you. God, we give ourselves to your care. Would you fill us with your spirit and help us? Lord, we live for you. You alone are worthy of our everything. Bless us. Bless us to be filled to the fullness of Christ. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship Him.